The Horse Creek Bridge in Arcadia, Florida, is about seven miles from where Connie and Merritt Wheeler lived in 1980. It was an area known by locals, although, according to friends who hunted with Merritt, only one side of that bridge was somewhere that he would have gone hunting, because the trees near one side of the bridge afforded a place to hide your vehicle. Merritt, like a lot of locals at that time, did a bit of poaching, which is essentially illegal hunting, and newspaper articles at the time show that law enforcement was heavily tracking poachers and areas known to be illegally hunted. In fact, I found an article in the Tampa Tribune titled High Speed Chase Takes to the Air, and it was our own Deputy Dan who took to the air. The article reads in part, quote, A DeSoto County Sheriff's deputy took to the air Sunday morning to chase men he suspected of poaching deer. Deputy Danny Tew said he spotted two men in a plane flying over southeast DeSoto shortly after 9 a.m. on Sunday while responding to a complaint from the foreman of Punta Gorda Isles Ranch. Deputy Two, who then leased a plane, said he tailed the men for two hours. He watched the plane fly low over several large ranches, occasionally circling deer. The plane landed once in DeSoto County and the two men got out, Deputy Two said. Then the plane took off and flew to a ranch in Glades County. Deputy Two landed behind the plane at the Silver Lake Ranch and watched one man throw an automatic shotgun into the brush. This air chase occurred in January of 1980, about nine months before Merritt's murder, and I suspect that a local deputy hopping in an airplane and chasing poachers from the air made the local news. I further suspect that the locals who Deputy Dan was known to would then take a modicum of care if they were planning on poaching themselves. It was not within the realm of possibility to those who knew him that Merritt Wheeler would have parked his white Ford pickup where it was found, facing the water on the side of the Horse Creek Bridge that was clearly visible from the bridge above, nor would he park his vehicle that close down near the water. When his friend David Perry, and then later law enforcement, took that dirt two-track down toward the creek, they would see the body of a white male clothed only in underwear. He was submerged in about four feet of water. I don't have the crime scene photos, so we're going to have to start with what the report summary says. There was blood inside the cab of the truck, including a puddle of blood on the running board of the driver's side, but no blood on the ground beneath the running board. Blood was observed inside the cab on the rear window. It had started to run straight down, then at an angle. There was a large smear of blood on the ceiling of the cab above the driver's side, as well as smeared blood around the ignition switch in a circular pattern, perhaps indicating that someone with a bloodied hand had turned the key in the ignition. The report notes that the pattern of blood spatter in the cab suggested it was flung from, quote, two different directions. There was a dark green long-sleeved shirt observed in the cab of the vehicle, according to that report. The glove compartment was open, and there was blood inside. A small piece of burlap material with blood on it was lying in the center of the seat, and there was a large amount of blood between the end of the seat and the back portion of the seat, underneath that piece of burlap. There were observable drag marks in the sand leading from the driver's side of the truck into the water. 
A complete search of the area was made, but police were unable to find any other clothing, like pants, for example, or a weapon. Also, interestingly, aside from those drag marks in the sand that led to the water, there is absolutely nothing in the report related to what sort of tracks that they found in the sand, vehicle tracks, or footprints. No mention of any footprints around the body, around the truck, or leading anywhere else. Also, not a single mention of vehicle prints. You'll remember that Merritt's friend David Perry mentioned that he had looked for tracks. Years later, he would say that he didn't remember the drag marks. But he did mention that he didn't see any other vehicle prints. And he was leaving prints himself. It was Sandy. So he had come to the conclusion that someone had wiped up prints that were on the ground. The fact that Merritt was found partially dressed in combination with the blood evidence in the vehicle suggested to police that he was attacked elsewhere and driven to the area where he was found. But from the description of the blood itself, without seeing the images, it sure sounds like some of the attack occurred inside that vehicle. Otherwise, how does blood get on the ceiling and, quote, slung from two different directions? Police also reported finding no signs of a struggle at the scene. The notes from the autopsy report done at Sarasota Memorial Hospital state that he had multiple lacerations of the head and face, fractures of the skull and sinuses, laceration and hemorrhage of the brain, pulmonary edema, and abrasions over the sacrum and left hip. The report reads, quote, The injuries to the head and central nervous system could have been fatal, but were not necessarily immediately fatal. The findings of some redness in the trachea, pulmonary edema, and aquatic vegetable matter in the bronchus suggest the victim was alive when placed in the water. The injuries were made by a relatively blunt instrument. There was no trace of any of the material of that instrument used in any of the lacerations. None of the injuries had the appearance of a cut, as would have been made by an instrument such as a knife. The body had cooled essentially to the temperature of the creek, and therefore, body temperature was not helpful in determining time of death. A newspaper article quoted the medical examiner, saying, He was struck both from the front and the back with something definitely more than a fist. So in summation, someone beat the shit out of Merritt Wheeler and then tossed him alive into the water. According to a story in the Fort Myers News Press, just days after the homicide, Deputy Dan said that they had suspects, but he would not elaborate on who those suspects were. The Wheeler children were questioned by police and gave basically the same answers to these questions. First, did your dad and Frankie have a fight? Answer, dad and Frankie are friends. Question, did you hear your dad leave and go hunting? Answer, no, but mom said they did. Question, did your mom and dad have a fight? Answer, mom and dad never fight. Question, did Frankie hurt your dad? Answer, Frankie and daddy were friends. The one exception to their stories was that their young son said he was awakened by the sound of someone vomiting that night, and then his mom came into the room and told him everything was all right but he was so frightened by it that he hid beneath his sheets. 
Okay, the tape recorder is going. Today is Wednesday, October the 29th. That's 1980. Present are myself, Kurt Siver, investigator for the state attorney's office, and Connie Sue Wheeler. All right. Connie, how long have you and Merritt been married? Uh, next month it'll be eight years. Did y'all live together prior to that? Uh, yeah. Um, last week was a... Last week he says, like, we have our anniversary, and I go, what do you mean? I go, our anniversary isn't until, uh, next month, and he says, well, don't you remember that, uh, we met in October and, uh, we lived together for a year before we got married? Okay. During this period of time, this eight years you were married, did you all separate any? Yes. How many times? Uh, three. Three times. All right, Connie, let's just take the last time. When did you separate the last time? Uh, I left him around, um, April. Wait a minute. The last part of eight... I don't know. Wait a minute. It was... The last part of March I left him. Okay, when did you all get back together? Um, this is going on the third week. This is the third week? Uh-huh. Okay, tell me something about Merritt. Was he a violent person? Um, no. Uh, we had our ups and downs, but, uh, he was good to me. And, um, we had, a uh, we had fights, you know, but he, he wasn't violent. No physical fights, just arguments? Uh-huh. He never hit on you or anything? Uh, no, um, no, he used to, you know, like if we got in an argument and, uh, I have something on my mind or something like that, and I try to explain it to him. Instead of arguing with me or talking to me, he would he just kind of drop the subject and walk away. I hate to ask you these personal questions, but I have to, okay? What was the reason that you all were separated? Um, well, when I, um, like I said, I left him three times, and the problem that why I was leaving him was because of um, our sexual relationship that we had. Um, wasn't satisfying. All right. During this time that you were separated from him, was you staying with uh, or going with someone else, Frankie Lamar? Mm-hmm. Was he part of the reason that you all separated? Uh-uh. How long had you been seeing Frankie Lamar? Um, about, um, well, I was seeing him for about six months, five to six months. How long have you known Frankie? Um, I used to, uh... See, my girlfriend was married to, um, his father, Willie Lamar, and, um, when I separated from Merritt before, I used to live over there with, uh, Willie, and, um, well, how I met Frankie was, uh, well, Willie's house was bad, and, um, Carolyn, um, his wife, she, she didn't have no license, and, uh, I used to drive Willie up there to see Frankie, and, and I went up there to the prison to see him, too. Okay, so, um, when was this? Back when? Um... About three years ago, two years ago, two or three. Were you going with Frankie at this time? No, uh, we we wrote back and forth to each other because uh, he said that he needed someone to write to him. And, and I said, well, all right. And I said that I'd write to him. And uh, Merritt knew I was going up there and with him. Well, going up there with Willie. And um, Merritt, uh, he knew I was writing to him. And, and Merritt asked me, you know, why we were writing back and forth. And I said... He needed someone to write to, and uh, it was just like, it was just, you know, on a friendly basis that I was writing to him. Just strictly friendship, then? Uh-huh. So nothing was going on at this time? No. 
between you and Frankie. I, no, I didn't have no relationship with him, no. When did he get out of prison? Um, December, I think. In December, okay. Um, Connie, we'd like to go to the trailer where your house is and um, look around now. Do you have uh, any objection to that? Uh, no. I mean, you don't have to let us, but we'd like to look around in there and see if there's anything in there that, you know, could help us or, you know, if you're willing to do that. You could be present if you want. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you look around. Let's do it then. I just happened to think about it and I wanted to ask you before I forget, okay? Um, tell me again, when did you say Frankie got out of prison? Uh, I think it was in December. Of this year? Mm-hmm. Do you know what he was put in prison for? No. All right. When he got out, did you start seeing Frankie? No, I... Uh... He was over to his dad's a, uh, a couple times, and I saw him over there, and uh, and then one night, uh, we we went up to the store to get some milk and some bread for Willie's daughter, and uh, Will, Willie came up there and said that uh, Merritt was out in the woods with a shotgun, and he was going to kill me and Frankie, and uh, I, I didn't sound, that, that, that didn't sound like Merritt, and so I was scared, and I didn't go. I didn't go home. I left that night. When was this, back in March? Uh-huh. This was when you left him? Mm-hmm. And, um, Frankie and me, well, Frankie and me went to Tinsley's that day, and, um, and, um, Frankie was talking to Merritt, and, uh, Frankie asked Merritt, well, Frankie told Merritt that's why I left, and Merritt told him that was a lie. He wasn't out there. Hmm. Who told you Frankie was out there with a shotgun? Frankie wasn't out there with a shotgun. I mean, Merritt was out there, excuse me. Who told you that Merritt was out there with a shotgun? Um, Willie did. Willie, okay. Was there any more um, things like this that happened? Um, no. Merritt said that... Well, and I said, well, Merritt, that's the only reason I left you. I said, because you, you know, because you were out there with that gun. Okay, all right. When did you and Merritt start getting back together? Um, when... When, uh in the hospital Willie came over to where I was living and told me that uh, she was in the hospital and I left that night and I went over to Willie's and um, I got dressed and I went to the hospital and then they said they just discharged her like at 145 or something and I figured she was staying at Millie's so I went over to Millie's and uh, Millie let me see her and everything and then um, and then Merritt came Merritt heard that I was there uh, over to Willie's and uh he, Merritt heard that I was over there, over to Willie's, and uh, he came over there um, the next afternoon. And he started yelling, and he said that, um, yeah, Frankie, it was any kind of man that he would come out and fight him. And he said that my place was over here, over there with him, and that we were still married. And I told him, um, I said, well, Merritt, I said, I want, I want to think things out before, you know, before I do anything. And then later that night, um, Merritt came over, and he was talking to Willie, and Willie explained to him that, you know, why I was there, and that I wanted to get back together for him and the kids' sake, but, you know, I wanted to make sure that's what I wanted because I didn't want to go back with him and then, um, you know, six months or a year later, leave him again because he, Merritt, if I, if I, I didn't think it would be, I thought it would be rough on the kids if I came back and then, you know, I had to, I had to leave again. So I went over there the next night and I talked to Merritt and I explained to him, you know, that, before I came home, I wanted to make sure that's what I wanted and, you know, and that we would, we'd 
be happy together. And he said, well, you know, that's good thinking, he says, and I'm glad you're feeling that way. And and that's your right. And the, there's no sense in coming back, you know, if, if and just to leave. So that night, um, well, and then the next morning he came over and um, that night uh, I go, I go, Merritt, I go, if you want me to clean the house, you know, or do your washing or anything, let me know. And, you know, then the next day, the next morning, he came over with his laundry and uh, over to Willie's. And he said that um, he wanted me to do his laundry. Um, and I did it. And he said that we'll talk about uh, doing the house later. And uh, he came over that night uh, with the kids and uh, he was uh, showing me his new truck. And, and he said that he was going to uh, leave his gate unlocked, Merritt did, so I could go over there and uh, the next day and uh, clean his house. And uh, I went over there and I cleaned it and... Um, and he had uh, left a note saying that um, they were having revival night at the church at 7.30. And he thought it would be nice if I went. So I wrote him a note and I told him, I said, well, I said, if I'm not too tired, I'll, I'll go. And um, I said, stop by Willie's and I'll let you know. And um, so he he um, he came. Um, well, we, he was up there at the Hanlon. We were up there at that Hanlon um, D Seed Company because um, I was watching Willie's kids for him and a. Uh, I went up there, and Merrick, he came up there and asked me if I wanted to go. And I said, well, you'll have to take me home to change clothes. And um, so I went to change clothes. I went home, and, and then we went to church. And that was on Wednesday. And then um, on Friday, I went and um, picked up Frankie at, the, at his job. And um, he asked me if I could take him, you know, to Tensley's to cash his check. And so I went to Tensley's, and I had... Um, Frankie and, and uh, some of the kids, because um, uh, Merritt said that they could spend the day with me um, that Friday because they got out of school at 1. And uh, I was at Tinsley's, and Frankie was in the store, and um, Merritt pulled up. And he asked me what I was doing, and I said, I'm here because Frankie wanted to cash his check. And he says, well, I think that Frankie and I should have a conversation. And so he went in the store and into Tinsley's, and then they were talking, and, um, and um, then... Um, I guess Merritt had asked him what Frankie thought I wanted to do. And, you know, Frankie said, well, she just wants to be happy and she wants to be with, with you and order to be with the kids and that's the only way she's going to be happy. And um, so I don't know what was said in the store because I wasn't in there. And, and then they came out and uh, Merritt bent down by the car and he said, okay, well, we decided that you're going to move back home um, tonight. And and I go, well, okay. And so I go and I said, well, I have to go home. Um, I go, I have to go um, because those other kids are there by themselves. And uh, and then Frankie goes, well, I'm going to ride with Merritt. And then uh, I go, okay. And then they shook hands before that. And then they wanted to be friends. And then Merritt said um, that because there's no sense in them being enemies. And and so um, later on, um, Merritt came and, uh, and, then, and then Frankie came. And then Frankie came and then they were talking about going hunting together and Merritt was going to help Frankie um and then something about a cow I don't know and then Frankie um he asked if uh if um I could uh, take his dog to the vet he and Merritt says sure we'll help you out any way we can and um and that's about it that I can remember about that and then I mean you know they agreed to be friends and and Merritt didn't have no enemies I, I don't understand all right uh did they go hunting together uh they went hunting together one time uh, with Bruce and Ronnie. Bruce who? Uh, Bruce something. I don't know his last name. He lives over on the Hardtop Road. How about Ronnie? What's his last name? 
Ronnie Dryman. And um, uh, there was another boy, too, that went, uh, Bob. I don't know his last name either. He lived there by the Hanlon D. Seed Company. Did Merritt go hunting quite a bit? Uh-huh, yeah. What did he use, his dog? Sometimes he uses his dog, and sometimes he uses his gun. He went, uh... A couple nights ago, he went by himself, and then uh, he went again with uh, Ronnie Dryman, and uh, he loved to go hunting. That was his, you know, that was his sport. Well, what would he, uh, what would he hunt with when he took his gun? Hog or deer. How about when he took his dog? That would be hog. Okay, it would be hog. So he always took the dog when he went hog hunting? Uh-huh, but uh, he would, all, well, you know, it was a spur of the moment, and um, he'd get it in his head, he'd wanted to go hunting, and then he would go. All right, Connie, let's jump up to Monday. When he got up Monday, I understand that Willie's daughter was there. Uh-huh. She, she spent all weekend with y'all, and what time did you get up Monday? Oh, we got up, I guess, uh, 5.30. Okay, uh, Merritt had breakfast, and then he left for work, and he took Willie's daughter with him? Yeah, he took Willie's daughter home. What time did uh, Merritt get home from work on Monday? Mm, let's see. Um, 6, 6.30, because Barb and David, they came over about... Um, Bob and David? Uh, Barbara. Barbara and David Perry. Okay. Yeah, they came over and, uh, uh, because she came over earlier and wanted me to punch some numbers out and on this card. And then uh, she left there and she asked me if it was all right. And she said that she had to go pick up... Uh, the baseball game and that her um, her and David would come over later and have a cup of coffee with him. And um, when Merritt came home, he he had gotten some stuff that uh, he had picked up uh, at, I don't remember, he went to the store and then he said he went by to get hog food and he unloaded that and then he, and then David and Barbara Jean came. What time did they come? Oh, it was after dark. It was uh, 7, 7.30. And, um, and then, um, uh, and then his mom called and uh, was asking him about his number on his license or something. And, and then after he got done talking to her, he ate supper. And then he sat there talking to um, to David. What did you all have for supper? Uh, we had um, ground beef, like patties. You know, it wasn't hamburger. It was ground beef and uh, potatoes and gravy and um, cream corn. And um, we had applesauce, but I, I don't think uh, Merritt had any applesauce. And um, we had uh, banana pudding and, and that was all. Okay, so how long did Barbara and David stay? I think they stayed till about 8 or 8.30. Did anybody else come over at this time? Uh, Willie. He came uh, when Barbara and David were there. And then he, uh, he came to pick up one of the kids, and, um, and then he came again to get water. All right, was this after Barbara and David left? No, uh-uh. So while they were still there? Right, while they were still there, and... um. And he asked me if I had any sugar or tea, and I said, well, I have tea, but I don't have enough sugar. And uh, he says, well, I guess I'll go to the store and get it. And uh, he says, well, here, um, I, go, wait a, I go, wait a minute, and uh, let her ride to the store with you so she could pick up some sugar and eggs. And, uh, and so she did. She got some sugar and eggs and donuts, and uh, he came and dropped her back off. And, um, and then um, after David and Barbara left, Perry called um, uh, Merritt's boss, and Merritt told him that, he wanted him on the job at a, a 7. And then he asked Merritt if he had the key to the shop. And Merritt said, yes, I think so. And uh, But he wasn't sure. And so uh, Perry was like, okay, um, 
I, and I don't know what Merritt said, and um, he just said okay, and then he, he hung up, and then um, and then he didn't know if he had the key or not, and we looked all around, and we couldn't find it, and uh, it wasn't on his key ring or anything like that, and um, he said that he ought to go over to David Perry's and get his tools, and um, and that he let David Perry borrow, um, he let him borrow him, and so he went over there to get his tools. Okay, and about what time did he go over David Perry's? I don't even know. I didn't look at the clock by then. It was after Barbara and David left? Uh-huh, yeah. And um, was it after Willie was there? Uh-huh. All right. Uh, and then he went over there, and while he was still over there, Willie came back, and uh, he dropped off um, his daughter, and then uh, he said goodnight and everything. And then, well, I mean, I, I went outside, and I met and I met her, and then Willie left, and then um, Merritt came back about five minutes after that. And he said that um, that David had given him some sort of soft-shell turtles, and, and he didn't want Willie to know that he gave them to him because uh, they were commercial fishing and selling them. And, uh, so he drove that box um, out to the shed. Out to which shed? Out by the house, in the back of the house. It's not the one back out there where the trailer's parked? No, uh-uh. Okay. And then, um, and Merritt put the turtles in there, and then um, he went inside, and we sat down. And, and you know, we were talking about... Uh, he said that he, well, he got me some dresses, and uh, he said that he thought that this one would look real nice for me to get baptized in, and he said that um, he wanted to get his camper fixed so he can go camping, and um, we were talking about, um, oh, I, the divorce papers. We were talking about the divorce papers. We got on the subject of, well, I asked him, I said, Merritt, um, I said, in my divorce papers, um, there was this thing saying, and I agreed to um, everything that was on the paper, and uh he said he wanted to look at it, and he looked at the papers, and he said, well, he didn't remember reading that, and and he says they must have put those papers in, you know, after he signed the divorce papers, and he says, he says, well, see what I wanted. I wanted, I wanted them to, I wanted them to take, um, he said, he wanted me to take my name off the land and um, give it to him, and uh, I told him, I wrote to him, and I, or I called his lawyer and told his lawyer that, uh, that I wanted to take my name off the land and put it in my name and his lawyer said that he'd reply to Merritt about it, and then um, Merritt couldn't remember getting a, a paper or talking to a lawyer or anything first. And then, uh, and then um, Merritt says, um, Merritt said, "Oh yeah, I remember." And I told him no, because maybe, um, maybe later on, would decide to hand the land over to to you. And he said, uh, "I said why?" And he said, "I just didn't want you to, you know, getting it in your name. He didn't want me getting it in my name, and then um, not wanting to live here, and then selling the property." And I said because. Well, I think sooner or later we should put it in all the kids' names. And he said, yes, we would put them um, in all of their names once we got it paid for. And um, we were talking about the future, and he said that um, he was happy that uh, we started going to church, and we should have started long ago. And then um, and then we went to bed, and, um, well, first he goes, first he said he was going hunting. And then uh, I went to the bedroom, and then he was, he came in, and he was sitting on the bed, and, um, he says he wanted to make love, and so we made love. And then uh, he uh, <clears throat> he um he said he was gonna go hunting. And um, I said I said what time are you gonna be back? And he said I, he didn't know. And I said okay. And then I went to sleep. And then I woke up, and um Willie uh, brought his boy over in the morning because he was going fishing with David Perry to check out the trout line. And um and Merritt was well he wasn't there then. And I um well I uh, took the kids to the bus stop and everything and. And I went back to the house and I said to myself, I said, there's something wrong or something because he, maybe he got caught or something. 
And Merritt always told me that if he, he didn't come home or nothing like that, that not to call the cops because um, he, he before he would get caught, you know, before he would get caught, he would run from them. He would run from the law and he would hide and then he would walk home. And so um, I waited until about like eight in the morning and then I called David Perry's office and a man named Kenny answered and um, I asked him, I says, can you tell me if Merritt Wheeler's there? And he said, he said, um, Merritt hasn't come and work yet. And he said his, his work truck's still here. And I said, well, when Perry comes in, um, just please have him call me. And and then I waited till about like 8.30 and Perry hadn't called and I called his office again and I and then the secretary answered and I asked her if Perry was in and she said no. And uh, and I asked her for the number of his house and she gave it to me. And then um, I called his house and I told him the situation. I said, Merritt went out last night and it's not like him not to come home unless he got caught or something. Who'd you call now? Perry, Perry Hoff, his boss at his house. Okay. So anyway, Perry said, well, Connie, let me, let me go look on the job and see if he's on the job and, and I'll call you back. And, um, I go, okay. And then, and then he called me back and I think, um, or I called him and, um, he said that he wasn't there on the job and that, um, um, I asked him if David Perry was there because Merritt had gotten him a job and, um, he said, well, the secretary said yes. Um, and I talked to David and I told David, I said, Merritt hasn't come home yet. And I said, and, and they say he's not on the job, Perry. And um, Perry said, um, well, that wasn't like Merritt unless he got caught. And um, he says, so, well, he says, whatever you do, don't call the cops because you'll get Merritt in trouble if you're trespassing. And um, I said, okay. And then he said um, he was on his way home and he would look on Horse Peak and um, and uh, he, he would come by and tell me if he found him or not. And then I said, well, I'll go over to Barbara Jean's and I'll wait there. Okay, let me stop you there. Let's go back to Monday night after you all talked and after he came back. Did he clean those turtles? No, they were still on the box. All right. So you say he came back from Perry's with the turtles, and then you all sit down and you discuss the divorce, all right? And then you got up and you went to bed. Do you know what time this would have been? Oh, um, it was about 10, quarter to 11, and maybe. And uh, and then he got up and he left about a... Uh... All right, wait. Now, I want to know something, and I want you to be truthful here. What did you all argue about that night? We didn't argue about nothing. You didn't have any argument at all? No, well, um, uh, Monday morning we had an argument. Um, it was an argument, well, it was, I was tired, you know, and um, he kept calling me to get up, and um, I finally got up, and he said, uh, Connie, I don't mean to be angry with you, you know, making you to get up. And, and I said, Merritt, I don't mind getting up, I says. I just, I've been tired because I, I've been going and watching Willie's kids and a, cooking supper for him and um for Willie and uh, them and and doing all my chores and I said I just um you know you just asked me to do so much and I'm only one person and I can't do everything at once and he says well I understand he says he says uh I won't be rough on you like I am and I and I and then he apologized and then um he went and he left and we kissed and he went to work Connie there's some people that said that they heard an argument coming from your house Monday night there was no arguments Monday night Late Monday night? Pardon me? Late Monday night. You know, you tell me that uh, Frankie and Merritt got along real good, but talking to other people, there was quite a bit of bitter feelings between the two men. They, no, they got along good. I mean, they shook hands and all, and then Merritt said that, you know, what was in the past was in the past, and, uh... Connie, you know, I realized that they went hunting together sometimes, but there was times when Merritt wasn't too happy with Frankie either, wasn't there? That's... You know, that that's when before before I came back because 
that was that day when he came over and uh, he wanted Frankie to come out and fight. And he goes, Frankie, you're not much of a man if you don't come out and fight. And I go, I go, Frankie, don't go fighting him. It's not good. And uh, and Frankie told Merritt himself. Connie, what made Merritt get up and leave? There's something that upset him that he got up and left. Did you all have some discussion about your sex life at this point after you made love? I mean... No, I'm... No. I mean, after I... Once I came back, our sex life seemed to be better. I don't know why. Well, then what made Merritt get up and leave? There's something that made him get up and leave, and you gotta be honest. I am honest. Connie, there's something that made him get up out of that bed all of a sudden and leave. Because he'd already told someone earlier that night that he wasn't going hunting. That he wouldn't go. Somebody asked him to go, and he didn't want to go hunting... And then, you know, all of a sudden, he gets up and goes. Bill Sane wanted him to go hunting earlier, and Merritt said no, he didn't want to go hunting. We didn't have no argument. You know, Connie, I don't think you're being totally honest. I am being totally honest. He, uh, after we went to bed and all, he was telling, he was telling me about, um, his past and girls and... All right, tell me about that. Tell me about this conversation after you went to bed. Oh, we went to bed and, uh, he was telling me about these this girl when he was 18 and um she got she got pregnant by a married man and uh he thinks that she was a prostitute because she always wanted to go to bed and and I said well did she go to bed with you and he says no he said she didn't we just went out and stuff and we had a good time and then one night someone came in and started arguing or something like that and um he beat the guy or he had a fight with him or something and this man um, wait who was this girl I don't know some I didn't get her name. It was just some girl when he was 18. Okay, some girl when he was 18. Go ahead. <clears throat> and uh, he says, um, he says, after that, after that fight, he says that, um, after that fight that I had with that man, uh, it must have just turned her on or something because after, we used to have, uh, relations all the time after that. She used to call me up and come over and, um, every other night and then we'd have relations and, uh, and I, I said, um, I go, wait, was this when you were with Jane? And he said um, uh, that he went with Jane off and on, and then he went with this other girl off and on, and he said that he talked about um, his car. He was talking about his car, his brand-new car that he had, and um, how his car attracted the girls or something, and um, that they just wanted to go with him because of the car. I don't know. It was about, He was talking about the past and girls that he used to go with, and after all... Um, that and then after all that that's when we had we had our our relations our sex all right did Merritt go to sleep afterwards um after we had relations he um got up and he got dressed and he said he was going to go hunting and I said why and you're saying you didn't have an argument about that no we never argued about him going hunting because that was his hobby he liked that Connie let me show you something do you recognize this Uh uh-huh now I haven't read all these letters I got them from Merritt's mom the other morning. Merritt apparently took them over there sometime and gave them to her and told her to keep them in case something ever happened to him. And from looking through these letters, Connie, and the way they are, sounds to me like you and Frankie had something going a little more serious than you told me. Well, wait, now, I didn't see Frankie until March when I left that night. I used to go up to the prison and see him, but I didn't have no relationship with him. But when, when he got out of prison, you did. Didn't you? I didn't have no relationship with him until after I left Merritt. Connie, from reading these letters, what I've read of him, it doesn't sound like it was just a casual relationship between you two. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know whether or not before he got out of prison that you had any relationship, but 
it doesn't sound like from reading them that uh, when he got out that it was just, you know, you were just totally ignored him at that point. I did not see him until... Listen, Connie, you don't have to tell me anything, but don't you tell me any lies. I'm not telling you no lies. I'm telling you the truth. Okay, go ahead. Go on with what you was going to say. I didn't... I didn't see Frankie until it was March when he when he came over to real, when he came to Willie's house and I went over there and then uh, Merritt had been drinking that night and uh, I I took I took all the kids you know and we went over to Willie's and and Frankie was there and his sister wanted some milk so I went up to the store and I got some milk and then Frankie was with me and and with the kids and uh, Willie came up and said that Merritt was outside out in the woods with a shotgun and I said Willie I can't go back there and uh and so I I I gave I I gave Willie the milk and then I left town. Where'd you go? Um, I went to Zolfo Springs. Who took you? I did. Nobody took you? No. Frankie didn't take you? No. All right. When did you get together with Frankie then? Frankie was with me when I left. So Frankie went to Zolfo Springs with you? Uh Uh-huh. So he took you over there then, Connie? No, I took myself. But he went with you at this point. What got Merritt upset at this point where he was out in the woods with a shotgun? Or would have been out in the woods with a shotgun? What upset him at this point? Nothing upset him. I mean... Connie, I mean, he just doesn't... Something, you know, doesn't just happen like this for no reason. He always just... Ask all his friends. He would always just go on the spur of the moment. If he felt like going hunting, he would go hunting. Connie, why did you feel like you couldn't go back to the house then? I don't understand you. Well, you said that Willie said he was out in the woods with a shotgun. Yeah, Willie said he was out in the woods waiting for me and Frankie. Me and Frankie to come back to the house. All right... Why would Merritt be waiting for you? I mean, what happened that he was waiting for you and Frankie to come back? I don't know. Something must have happened. What was it? Nothing happened. Well, why was you afraid then, if nothing happened? I don't know. I just... I don't know. All right. Did Frankie ever talk about doing anything to Merritt? No. Frankie said that he wasn't going to interfere on what I wanted, and... He wanted me to be happy, he said, and uh, if I wanted to go move back home and if that's what it took for me to be happy, then he would understand and he left it up to me. And uh, he told he told Merritt that he wasn't telling me what to do and that he was leaving it up to me. Okay, when, um, let, let's go back to Monday a minute and uh, Monday night after you all had your sex and he got up, what did he put on? Did he get dressed? Uh-huh, he got dressed. He put on a pair of blue jeans and uh, an undershirt. A t-shirt or a regular undershirt? A t-shirt. Okay. And uh, his boots and... Uh, what kind of boots were they? Um, they was black boots and they tied up. Okay. And then he went out of the bedroom. How about his shirt? What type of shirt did he have? Did he have his shirt on over his t-shirt or what? Uh, I think he took a shirt, but I don't know what shirt he took. But you're saying that the shirt I showed you last night wasn't the shirt? I never seen that shirt before. Okay, did he say he was going hunting with anyone? No. Did you see him take the shotgun? No. So all you know is that the shotgun isn't there now? Yeah, that's right. And you say you've looked real good for it? Well, he keeps all his guns in the gun cabinet. And it's not there? Mm Mm-mm, it's not there. All right, so was the light on when he left the bedroom when he got dressed? Um, he got dressed, and he turned the light on, and he put his pants on and his his T-shirt, and then, uh... And then he got his boots, and then he turned, and he flipped the light off, and then he went out of the bedroom, and um, and I stayed in bed. Yeah, but you're saying the light was on, so you could see him get dressed, and there's no doubt in your mind what he had on. Yeah, he had blue jeans on. 
Well, Connie, it appears that he was hit numerous times on the head and he was knocked unconscious. And it doesn't look like it happened where he was found. That it happened somewhere else. I could be wrong on that, but that's the way it appears. And it also appears that at that time, Merritt was put in the water. He was just unconscious. He was not dead. Do you understand what I'm saying? Who would do such a thing? I don't know, Connie. That's what I'm trying to find out. And that's why I need your help. Well, I am. I'm trying to help. I told you everything I know, and I'm trying the best I know how. Well, somebody done it to him. He didn't do it to himself. I don't know whether it happened when he walked out of the house. I don't know what happened by that truck. I'm sure something happened. Uh, I don't know where his clothes are. I remember he left in that truck. Well, Connie, did you hear the truck drive away? Yeah, the truck drove away. When Merritt went outside the house, did you hear any noise then? No, the truck started up and, uh, and he, and he left. Did it start immediately after he went out? He started it up and he immediately went, I mean, I mean, it didn't stay in the yard and, uh, run. It, it, he started it up and it left. Well, do you have any ideas what happened? I don't have no ideas. I don't understand why he was found with just his underpants on and they said that they can't find any of his clothes. All right. Did he have any girlfriends? Well, we didn't really discuss any, and he said that he went out with some girls down there at Bellglades or something. He went to some bar down there. Uh, they had this buck or something, and he said that the girls didn't, all the girls that he went out with, they didn't seem interested. All they wanted to do was party, and, um, you know, I don't know. Well, who? Give me some names of the girls that he went out with and hung around. I don't know none of the girls. All right. Um, he went with a Mexican girl. Isn't that... Isn't that right? Uh-huh. Is there anyone else anywhere? He went out with some girls. I don't know. He never said their names. I, I, I don't even know what they looked like. I don't even know what that Mexican girl looked like. Now, what about you, Connie? Did you go with anybody beside Frankie? No. So Frankie's the only one? Uh-huh. Is Frankie living across the street there now? Uh-huh. Did Frankie come over Monday night at all? No, just Willie. He came over and got some water. Was Frankie over to your house any time during the weekend? Oh, yeah. Uh, he came over on sun Sunday. Willie was over there already, and uh, he was riding his horse. And then there was um, a man named Jesse Salders. He came by, and uh, then who else? There was some other kids there. Oh, um, Colette Rogers was there, and um, I think that's all that was there. Connie, did you have any relationships with Willie? No. How old's Willie? I think he's like 53 or 52. So what you're telling me is the only person you've had a relationship with is Frankie? Uh-huh. No one else? No. Not anybody? Would you tell me if you had? Yes, I would tell you. And you're telling me you didn't have any argument on Monday night? No, we were getting along good, I told you. We were, gonna, we were going to church on Sundays and Sunday nights, and uh, we were going Wednesdays, and... And last Sunday I went up and gave my confessions to the Lord and I asked Preacher Ernest if, if they would, you know, accept me in the church and he said yes. We were getting along great. We were talking about all the things we were going to do. Tell me how you found out where Merritt was at yesterday morning. Um, I went over to Barbara's and we were sitting there waiting for David and, um, come 10 or 10.30 I think it was, I said, Barbara, I, David's been gone a long time and uh, maybe we should go, you know, back over to the house and... I'll call Perry and and so we went back over to the house and I called Perry and his secretary said he wasn't there and 
he went back on the job and I said, well, has David Perry left yet? And she said, yeah, he left about an hour ago or an hour and a half. And, and I go, okay. And I said, okay. And uh, so I hung up and I go, and I told Barbara I needed to go to the 7-Eleven and get some milk and um, diapers and some gas in my car because it was on empty. And so we went up to the store and I got everything. And um, there was uh, two guys standing out there by the sign. And I come back out from the store and Barbara said, Connie, those two guys over there are talking about somebody in a white truck. And then she told me I should go over and ask them what they were saying. And so I went over there and I said, um, you know, pardon me. I said, um, what's this about a white truck? And he said there was a white truck down at Horse Creek and, and there was an ambulance there and a whole bunch of cops. And so right away I figured, oh, something's wrong because Merritt had a white truck. And so, so I started to go and then um, Barbara said, no, let me drive. And so she drove my car. And first we went um, out, up, up on the bridge and we didn't see nothing. And then... I go, it must be the other side, and, and then we went to the other side, and, um, oh, we saw David's truck there, and I started running down there, and, um, and I didn't see his, in his truck or anything, and they were asking me questions, and they told me that, uh, they told me to go, I had to go to the sheriff's office by 10, and, and so I went to the sheriff's office, and, uh, well, before I went to the sheriff's office, um, I, I went, David and me and Barbara went back to the house, and, because David wanted to call Perry and tell Perry, and, um, David called Perry, and, and I thought it was best that I should call um, Preacher Ernest. And <clears throat> and, um, and Dave, David talked to Preacher Ernest, and, and he said he would meet us up to the Sheriff's Department. And then we went to the Sheriff's Department, and, and I sat there, and the Preacher Ernest came, and then I, I just, and then I just I started breaking down again. All right, did you ever call the Sheriff's Office to ask if Merritt had been arrested? Uh-huh, yeah. I called after me and Barbara went over to the house to call Perry again. That's when I called... I called Perry's house again to see if Merritt was in yet and how long and and if David had left or see how long he had left. And then I hung up and I, I go to Barbara. I go, Barbara, what am I supposed to do? And she said, Connie, I would call the sheriff's department. And I said, but Merritt told me never to do that, to call the sheriff's department when he goes hunting because uh, that he would run before they'd catch him. And so anyways, I did call the sheriff's department. And I asked him and I said, have you arrested Merritt Wheeler on anything? And she said no. And then she goes, well... If we do, how do we contact you? And then uh, she wanted my number, and then I gave her my phone number. Connie, who all would go hunting with Merritt? I mean, has he ever gone up before, gotten up in the middle of the night and gone like that before? Uh, he's gone hunting by himself several times. But would he get up in the middle of the night like he did that night? Yeah. Has he ever done that before? Well, we, but we weren't really in bed. I mean... You know, we had relations, and uh, and he wanted to go hunting, and uh, so he left. And after, you know, we had the relations, and he's sometimes he does that late like that instead of early in the day or early in the afternoon. All right, who would he go with when he went like this on the spur of the moment? Is there somebody he'd go with, and um, who would go with him? No, uh, if he did, he would have told me. I don't know. So, is there anybody that he's got up like that before? You know, uh, at that late and. And went and got him without talking to him to start with? No. Usually, you know, he wanted to go with someone, he'd call them and ask them. And he didn't call anybody? No, he didn't call anybody. Okay. Anything else that you can think of, Connie? No. So you got any ideas at all as far as what happened? No. I just, I want to know what happened myself. I'm sure you do. There's nobody he's been having trouble with? No, uh... Nobody he's mad at or mad at him? Uh-uh. 
Did he get any of these girls that he was going out with pregnant that you know of? No, not, not that I know of. Was he still seeing any of them? Uh, after I come back, no. I mean, as far as he didn't, I come back and, uh, and that's what he wanted. And we were, we were both happy and he wasn't seeing nobody. What about you? No. You didn't even see Frankie at all? Well, um, one day, Willie asked me to, well, he was going to pick up some fish or he, he was going fishing or something and he knew he wasn't going to be back in time to pick up Frankie. So he asked me if I'd go pick him up from work and I said, yeah, and I had all the kids with me. What day was that, Connie? Last week, I think it was, or the week before, I told Merritt that night when he came home. And I go, before anyone else tells you or anything, uh, Willie wanted me to go pick up Frankie from work because he knew he wasn't going to be back in time. And, you know, so I went and picked him up and Merritt said, okay. So where's Frankie work? Uh, he works at the gas station down there. He's not working there now, is he? No, he got laid off or fired or something. I don't know. How old is Frankie? Um, I think 30 or 31. Anything else you can think of? Nope. Where are you going from here, Connie? You going back home? No, I called my sister Veronica at Pompano Beach and she's going to come up. Uh, staying at Barbara Jean and David Perry's right now. So you're going to be staying there or are you going to Pompano Beach? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know, what, but I'm staying there for now. What type of underwear did Merritt wear? Uh, regular underwear, I mean. Boxers or jockey shorts? Boxers are the ones that hang loose. I mean, uh, boxers hang loose and jockey shorts are tight, fairly tight. He always just wore the regular kind, uh, you know, with the elastic around here and they'd come up to his legs. Fairly tight fitting, they wouldn't loose? Uh-uh. What color? White. Okay, I think that's it. Anything else you want to add or change while you're here? No. Okay, then, that'll be all for today. Now, multiple people who were interviewed said that Merritt Wheeler was known to come to the door in his underwear. One witness even went so far to say he had no problem standing in his front yard, clad only in his underwear, and talking to you for 10 or 15 minutes. This led police to believe that whoever had killed Merritt may have come to the door that night, or perhaps even lured him outside, and that's why he was only found in his underwear. Early on, police spoke with Merritt's mother, Dorothy Wheeler. She confirmed that she had spoken to her son the night before his body was found. She had asked him to come over, but Merritt told her he did not feel well, so he was going to bed. He had worked overtime that day, and had to be up early the next morning, but he promised to come by and see her the next day after work. She also told them that a few days before her son was killed, he told her, quote, If for some reason I become missing or I'm found dead, don't leave my rock unturned, because it won't be an accident. It was at this point that Merritt's mother told police that she was in possession of love letters that her son had given her to keep, letters between Merritt's wife, Connie, and Frankie Lamar, a neighbor who lived with his father, Willie Lamar, across the street from the Wheelers. Connie and Frank Lamar had written to each other while he was in prison. Merritt found these letters, and subsequently he gave them to his mother for safekeeping. Merritt's mother told police that it was common knowledge 
that there were obvious hostilities between Merritt and Frankie and Willie Lamar. Multiple neighbors were interviewed, and they all proceeded to spill about a gallon of tea. Ronnie Dryman, a longtime friend of Merritt and Connie, said that a couple weeks prior to Merritt's death was the first time he met Frankie Lamar, and he was introduced to him by Merritt as Connie's boyfriend. He also recalled an incident where Merritt had beat Connie's brother Pete with a belt a few weeks before the homicide, because Merritt found out that Pete had given his 15-year-old son marijuana. After that, Merritt forbid Pete from being on his property or anywhere around his family. Ronnie also said that he didn't believe Merritt would go hunting at night with a gun, and he certainly wouldn't go hog hunting without his dog. He had never once known Merritt to get up at 11 o'clock at night and get his shotgun and go hunting by himself. Nothing about that story made any sense to him. Ronnie also claimed to have heard yelling coming from the area of the Wheeler's house the night that Merritt was killed, but at the time he just didn't think much of it because they did party a lot over there. Another neighbor named Emmett Faircloth also recalled being awakened that night by what he described as a distressing sound around 2 a.m. that seemed to be coming from the Wheeler residence. Another neighbor, Vern McCall, told investigators that he had an affair with Merritt's wife, Connie, a couple years before. He said that at night, she would wait until Merritt fell asleep and then sneak out and go partying, making sure to get home before her husband awoke the next morning. Perry Hoff, Merritt's employer, told police that he thought Connie's hunting story was hogwash. He had spoken to Merritt that night around 9.15, and he said he sounded tired and he didn't feel well. He mentioned nothing about going hunting. His boss also had concerns about the Wheeler's marriage, because he had seen cracks in that facade. Both Hoff and another friend mentioned that in the week before he was killed, Merritt's attitude had changed. He had been concerned about his wife running around on him again. He even acknowledged that he had taken Frankie hunting because, quote, they were going to have to be friends or end up killing each other. Hoff also told investigators that Merritt said he was going to whip Willie Lamar's ass because he borrowed his battery charger and then sold it. Old Willie was always screwing Merritt over, according to Perry Hoff. Two more friends mentioned seeing Merritt the day he went missing and saying that he looked really tired. Henry and Ava Ford also spoke with police, and you heard a little from them in the last episode. What kind of fellow was Merritt, Mr. Henry? Merritt was a real good fellow. I mean, he was just as nice as he could be, kind. He'd help anybody he could. And he went out of his way to help people, I mean, if he could. I say he was a real good fellow. Anybody along the time of his death that he was having problems with, that he'd been in fights or anything along those times? Yeah, Pete. And when you say Pete, who's Pete? Pete Dool. Pete Dool. And what was Pete Dool to Mary? Bellinaw, wasn't he? Mm -hmm. He was just buzzing off. What kind of problems was he having with Pete? 
trying to get Pete to work and Pete doing drinking and whatever and Pete wouldn't work and he'd throw him out of his house and he'd come back and I think it was the sister's reason he was coming back, Connie, because Mary didn't want nothing to do with him because he was sorry he wouldn't work all he'd done is stole stuff and sold it. And so there was... Merritt didn't care for Pete, obviously. No. <laughs> was Pete out? You think Pete would have been out to get Merritt for any reason? Well, it's very possible every time he turned around, Merritt was with me. Okay. <laughs> in other words, you're saying they was getting in a fight. Right. <laughs> Bill Sane, a longtime hunting buddy of Merritt's, told police that he stopped by Merritt's house earlier that evening and he had asked him to go hunting that night. But Merritt declined. He told him he had to be at work early in the morning. Bill also said there is no way Merritt would have gotten up at 11 o'clock to go hunting when he had to be at work early the next day. Bill also told investigators that he had personally seen Frankie Lamar at Merritt's house with Merritt's wife while he was at work on multiple occasions and that Merritt was aware of that and he didn't like it. When police showed Bill that shirt that was found at the crime scene, he told them that it was definitely not in the truck when he had seen Merritt that evening. In the next episode, we're going to talk about that shirt. Stay tuned.